All right, welcome back. Part two coming up right after this here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you for checking out part one with Fangraph's John Taylor to talk all things Major League Baseball. So go check that out uh, if you missed that on this very feed. Part two here, we got Supercross racer Kevin Morand to talk about his career, talk about uh, racing in Atlanta in a couple of weeks, talk about uh, what happened in Seattle, where he's at um, at this point in the season, growing up in Kansas, um, injuries over the years, how playing football um, helped uh, him as a racer, and all he's got going on. I thought I was busy. And then talking to Kevin, the man uh, just doing all kinds of good stuff all across the board, um, just works his tail off. So it was it was really cool uh, getting to spend some time with him and talk about all of that and all he's got going on. So uh, a lot of fun. think you'll enjoy this conversation here uh, on today's edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast Part 2. Uh, this will wrap up today's um, shows, but again, uh, if you missed Part 1, you can check it out on this very feed and uh, all that good stuff. Make sure, if you're a first-time listener, uh, that you hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player uh, so you never miss a future episode. New episodes come out every day on this very feed. And uh, also leave us a five-star rating interview on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if that is how you're listening and you're already a subscriber and like what you hear. Helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. So if you could take care of that, it takes about like five seconds today, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast, taping this on a Wednesday afternoon. First timer, Kevin Morans of Supercross Live. He is here. He is traveling. He is getting ready to depart. He's gotten a week off. He's got some time to recoup. He got to go back to Topeka, Kansas. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. You know, like you just said, pretty much just said everything that uh, we've been going through. Uh, it's been a long season, but we got more racing left and, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. What has been your favorite part of this season for you? Uh, the progression, really. So, like, we're coming off one of our best weekends, uh, mm. at least most significant weekends, let's put it that way. Result, mm. end result maybe was not the best that we've had, but we actually ended up um, getting the whole shot. So, we were out front in the 450 main event. Mm. For the first time ever this past week, which was really exciting. A lot of publicity behind that. So, um, you know, things have been going good. We just got to keep it rolling. What do you like most about the Seattle track? Uh, I like the the long start stretch. So that mm. obviously helped me. Um, usually you would think that it would not, considering I'm a privateer, which means that uh, I do not have factory support. I am not on a big factory team, more mm. or less doing it myself. And I have a stock motorcycle, more or less. 
Mm. So you think a longer start stretch would hurt somebody more uh, that's on a stock bike against the mod modified engines and everything that these guys have. Hmm. I don't know. Somehow I made it work and I was all about it. So, you know, other than that, the fans were great. Um, and yeah, just getting that experience, getting out front and having that first time experience was really big. Where's your favorite place to race? Ooh, my favorite place. We don't go there anymore, but hmm. is the, I think it's the Mercedes dome or whatever. It's the dome that's in Atlanta. Oh, you're talking Georgia dome. It's gone. Yeah. yeah, it's down. That's where I'm from. I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. The dome's goner. They blew it up. What? Yeah. The, the Georgia dome got blown up, man. It's now that, Mercedes Benz. The, yeah. No. So I think we raced in the Mercedes Benz. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When it was closed. Yeah. 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 I was thinking yes. like, cause I went and saw y'all when I, the dome back in the day and there's a couple yeah. other, I think Cade uh, mentioned that he loved the dome. Like everyone liked that one more than the, cause the feel was better. Like yeah. it's just more corporate and you're farther away in Mercedes Benz. It's too nice. Like yeah. the Georgia dome was grimy. It was more <laughs> earthy. You felt more like you're actually on the track with the yeah. racers okay i feel it's, that i don't yeah. think i wasn't racing when we were they were in the georgia Dome yeah or whatever i only started racing supercross four or five years i'm not ago. even sure you were alive yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so mm. uh no it was good uh that was honestly probably one of my favorite stadiums yeah mm. it was a very high quality it was a nice stadium but the biggest thing for me was uh how i thought it was a pretty big stadium but mm. the fans there that was the one main event that i was on uh this was when i was still on 250s before i moved to the two 450s uh, where I was on the the start line and all mm. of us were like obviously revved up getting ready to take off and like I could almost hear the stadium and the fans more than I could hear my bike and I've never wow. experienced that before so I was like that was pretty pretty badass do you like that or do you like the it sounds more like you want intensity you want things to block out your mind so you're focused on the noise and you're not thinking about the race itself yeah, that's actually no, an like, advantage yeah exactly so i mean this was prior to the gate drop so obviously mm. the gate drop you're kind of locked back in but like even when the 30 second board goes sideways and we're all starting to rev up like everybody just started cheering it was pretty cool so like you had to focus real quick after that but it was just like a cool feeling for me and that was what three years ago so it was kind of like one of the first experiences i've had so yeah it stuck out to me well i think you're going to atlanta in a couple of weeks right you're gonna yeah. be atlanta motor speedway outdoor Indeed. though a little Indeed. bit different Indeed, not yes. as big into that one no i can tell <laughs> I, well the biggest thing is uh last year uh there was rain that was involved which they, yeah. the track crew it ended up being an amazing race but mm. it was it's it's a it's always a toss-up going into it of what you're gonna get you know what i mean when you don't have a dome over you so what's the best kind of weather for an outdoor race for you um probably for at least for supercross like it's mm. not super gnarly even if it's hot you're you know out there for very long kind of deal so i would say you know sunny and 70 mm. about perfect we're about there i mean at least you're not in the masters this weekend because it's yeah. gonna be rainy in augusta atlanta i don't know what it's gonna be like in two weeks for you it, it's a toss-up that's the yeah. problem with going outdoor racing with it comes to supercross because mm. obviously we race outdoors which the whole SMX Supercross Motocross is kind of intertwined this year. Mm. Um, the full series, once you go outdoors, it's a little bit different. The tracks are more tame. There's bigger sloped and jumps, everything like that. Like mm. in Supercross, it's a tighter stadium, a lot steeper jumps. You're going a lot higher, a lot more risk of casing and having problems. Mm. So when you throw wet water, muddiness, slipperiness into tight corners and hitting big jumps right out of tight corners where you have to have good traction to get over those jumps. As soon as it gets wet and rainy and you're questioning whether you're mm. going to get traction or not, it's always a sketchy situation. Mm. What kind of clay were you growing up riding on in Topeka? What, what I don't even know what the clay is like in Kansas. Um, not so much clay. Like, so we, yeah. I rode on a lot of black dirt, so it's, mm. it's 
very dark, but at the same time, I guess it, you could think of it's like clay, right? So imagine yeah. like it's like brownie mix, brownie powder, like super good when it's prepped perfectly. Mm-hmm. But after, so it's really, it's tacky. It's, I don't know, it's black dirt, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like clay in the sense that once the ruts form and then there's not really water on it, it turns to pretty much concrete. So um, yeah, harder base, all those kinds of situations is more of what I've written on, not so mm-hmm. much the sandier, softer soil. Growing up in Kansas, start when you're four. I mean, what got you into Supercross originally and just riding dirt bikes? And how was that advantageous for you to grow up in that part of the country and, and racing? Um, so that's kind of difficult. So I moved to Manhattan or to Topeka, Kansas. I was born in Manhattan, Kansas, which is only like mm-hmm. an hour away. Moved Kansas to State. Yeah, exactly. That's where my brother went to college. There you go. So, the little uh, apple. Yeah. So um, long story short, we moved there when I was like two, three-ish, mm-hmm. as long as I can remember, obviously. Uh, we went over to meet our neighbors, which are the Titans and Timmons. Uh, mm. So we kind of had a little neighborhood of riding riders, I guess, I guess. Uh, but when we went over to meet them, they were, their kids were on little like P-dubs and 50s and stuff. So like you got to mm. imagine me, I'm three or four years old. My brother's five, four or five years old, six years old, something like that. Like we're 15 months apart. So I obviously don't know when we went and saw them. Mm-hmm. But long story short, we're little kids. We see other little kids on dirt bikes and we look at our dad we're like, yo, we want those things. <laughs> Uh, and then, so that's kind of how it started. We were just racing locally with our little, you know, neighborhood squad, I guess, uh, mm. going to the local tracks and racing and riding during the week. And it's just kind of grown from there. And then we started going to Loretta's, which is the amateur national as all kind of a group. Um, and then, yeah, once I graduated high school, I decided I wanted to try to take this seriously and started traveling the whole circuit situation, building a name for myself. And here we are today. What do your parents feel about it? Do they watch? Are they nervous? Like, do they give you pointers? How does that go? Yeah. So my dad obviously is kind of like my right hand man all the way mm-hmm. through racing. He was always the one that took me up to the line and everything like that. Uh, they uh, don't have like the freedom to be able to come to all the races that they want to mm-hmm. come to. So they watch primarily on TV. They come to maybe three or four races a year, um, at least supercrosses a year, and then maybe an outdoor or two. So, you know, six races a year kind of deal out of the 30 that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so they watch on TV a lot of times. They're very nervous. My mother is an absolute mess. My dad is kind of, yeah, you know, a little bit more chill. He's been around me a little bit more in the racing mm-hmm. scene. Um, so yeah, it's obviously stressful for them, but I think they're pretty, at least at this point, because obviously when I turned, what was it? 17 when I was graduating high school and I pretty much was like, Hey, like I'm going to go pursue this. Cause I really like this. And obviously I've been doing good at it the last couple of years, kind of growing a name in the amateur ranks. So it's time to go professional. Uh, they were pretty much like, you know, if you want to do this, you've got to find ways to support yourself, to go do it. Like we're trying to, we're getting ready to help your brother go into college. So neither of my parents like own their own business or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't have a whole lot of freedom. So obviously money was tight. So I had to get creative and that's why I created a bunch of things within my program which is kevinrands.com, which is all the information on my program. But, you know, that required me to go business to business pretty much in Topeka, my little local area, um, rally up some support. Obviously, when you're going through that situation, like salesman, like you get told no 99 times, but you get told yes that one time, and that's that one time that you need. So I learned a lot doing that and just kind of grown my program since then, doing helmet wraps per round for different companies, bike branding, Patreon, so fans can get included and actually support me on a monthly basis. And at certain tiers, they can get their names on my bike. 
uh, a lot of different cool things like that to fully fund my own program. And uh, so I'd say my parents are pretty proud of that. Man, you're just ready for your post media or your post career in media. Like you've got your own cup. Like that's what's going to happen here is you're just going to have your own thing. We're going to see you and Bubba just you've created your own podcast network and all of that. And you're selling the ads. They're doing like they're just James and everybody, Ricky Carmichael, they're just all doing their own shows in your network. And you've got all the advertisers. I, I see what the long game is here. Yeah, exactly. So I've actually had a lot of people tell me that, too. So. Obviously, we're in the game. We're, uh, you know, going after results right now. Mm. Um, so I'm not really stressing too much about what I do in the future because I feel yeah. like I've got a lot of different avenues. And obviously, the companies I've worked with, the way I can kind of talk in front of a camera and stuff, I obviously exploit that to help me with sponsorship. But uh, yeah, we're just we're going for results and having fun with it for now. What's been the gnarliest injury you've ever had? Um, so the, I mean, obviously, a lot of racers, we hit our heads a lot, which is mm. not very good. Uh, but I compound fractured my tib fib in 2018, which is my, was my rookie year going into supercross. So November of 2018 training supercross, getting ready to go to supercross for my first year. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, had that whole scenario happen. So that threw me into coming into supercross late, getting a couple rounds, mm -hmm. uh, and then moving into outdoors that year. So that was probably the gnarliest one I've experienced. Do you think about it at all when you're writing? Like, do you think I can't, I got to be careful with this turn. I got to be think, careful with this jump. Like, is right. that even in your mind or are you just, what? like, I've always been so curious about this. Like what's going through your mind? No, not really. I mean, obviously as soon as you come off that injury and you're trying to get back in the game more yeah. or less. Uh, yeah. It's a thought that goes through your mind. Like, you know, it's still tender. It's still like kind of painful. Like you don't want to do anything stupid, mm. but uh, you know, once you get a year past an injury and you're not feeling effects more or mm. less of it, uh, it kind of escapes your mind. And you're just kind of back to focus mode. Like, yeah, you understand, like, you're not going to risk it too much. Mm. Like, that's what I think a lot of these guys that are getting older in their their careers, they've had gnarly injuries. So then they're not still sending it like these young bucks that haven't had the injuries yet. Um, it's because they're a little bit wiser. So mm. um, it could obviously not make them as competitive because they're holding back a little bit. But at the same time, that's only if you've had, like, several injuries to the same spot over and over again. Mm. Um, so yeah, more or less a lot of racers in our industry, at least at our level, um, are just kind of scraping it. Don't think about it. Cause if you think about it, you're not going to be one of the people in the main events kind of deal. What are you thinking about? Like, not, not from the injury front, but just like when you're going out, like, do you listen to something to get you hype before race time? Or are you just, just mm. quiet time to get ready? How, what's your pre-race and then the gate drops? What are, what are you thinking and how do you get ready for it? So going into, let's just say like the first, let's say 30 minutes before, right? Mm. So 45 minutes before you get kind of like a little warm up if you haven't already mm. raced that night or obviously if you say we're going into the main event, right? Mm. So you get a little bit of spin, you just kind of get warmed up a little bit, you go up to the line and then honestly like the, you know, top 10 and back of mm. the main event. So the main event's 22 riders, the best 22 riders uh, in that given night, more or less from all over the world to mm -hmm. an extent, because kind of like what we've explained is we are racing the NFL of our sport. Yeah. And imagine all of the NFL, there are only being 22 people that can play or like have a shot at, in a given night. So like mm -hmm. that's the cream of the crop are in the main events to an extent. So when we're going up to a main event, honestly, like the, there's a lot of people that are just good friends up there. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, unless you have a gnarly night getting to the main event or a scenario happen, like you're always kind of up there goofing around, not goofing around, but like you're having conversations, looking at the track, 
but also conversating and trying to have a good time. Cause like mm. I'd stre- it's a stressful night. Right. So yeah. that's probably 30 minutes to 15 minutes before gate drop, 15 minutes before gate drop, everybody kind of shuts up and just focuses. Um, and then, you know, five minutes before gate drop is usually you have your site lap, you come back and then we swap out goggles, make sure I have a fresh set of goggles. So that huh. if I got sprayed during the site lap or anything like that, we're solid there few words exchanged between my mechanic and I mm-hmm. uh, we set the whole shot device and then from there you know I have a little handshake that I always do with whoever's helping me that mm-hmm. I always did with my dad back in the day so do that and then it's just full focus mode on uh, you know what I have going on for the next three minutes before the gate drops and that's pretty much what it is who's the funniest like it wouldn't in that 30 minutes before who uh, really keeps the so, mood light uh, I don't know how much you know about our industry and whatnot mm-hmm. but Aaron Plessinger is obviously a okay. fan favorite um ap is pretty funny uh shane mackerath i talked to him quite a bit on the line kyle chisholm like there's like like benny bloss grant harlan josh cartwright like there's a bunch of guys that kate clayson like you said yeah. uh that all of us kind of bs on the on the starting kate's line. funny so, man yeah Kate is exactly. a funny dude and also yeah. like i don't even know what happened to him was that like the his instagram post of him and the gnarly just gnarly no looking. Yeah, because I don't even know what like the whole situation was. Besides, yeah. obviously, he had a chest tube in. So I'm yeah. I would look at him like, but he's just sort. smiling, having fun. Like it's just a different breed, man. Some yeah, dudes dude. are just built different. For real. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, that's funny. I, I mean, and then you have like Jet, where you're like, hey, do you want to sit this one out? Like, yeah. Hey, exactly. Are you sure? <laughs> like, what if you just took this one out? Like, uh, just, yeah. come on, just, and just sit Jet, this one out. Like Jet, he rides. So I'm staying down here in Florida with the family mm-hmm. trains at Jet's compound, and whatnot. So, and Benny Bloss trains there as well. So, mm. like, when we fly out of Tampa, a lot of times it's either with Benny or Jet is on our flights as well. So, it's pretty fun to be able to talk with those two guys. And, you know, obviously Jet being Jet at this point, just kind of getting uh, a scope of what goes through his, his head and how he's just so much of a kid still. But, yet he's mm. such a massive figure in our sport. It's pretty cool to see. You got lucky with the name. Jet Lawrence is just a it's it's a cool star name. Like it's yeah. some there can't like Kevin Morant is a good star name, but there are some out there where you have the name. Like Chase Thomas is not going to be a superstar supercross guy. That's not yeah. Uh, that's not the name. <laughs> you need Ricky Carmichael. You need some names are just they pop and you just yeah. hear it and you're like, oh, that's a star. Like yeah. Eli Tomac. That's a that's a star name that that stands <laughs> out. You can't just be Bob Wilson. Yeah, in this exactly. sport. Jet Lawrence is just like out of a movie when you you just see it and you're like there's no way jet lawrence that's like a football name and you played football uh yeah, right indeed. did that yeah, help I, I think so like i think that's obviously given me because i have a little bit more of like a build than most mm. racers uh but unfortunately there are crashes in the sport that happens yeah. to everybody and i think that's helped me a lot in the past is having a little bit more muscular build mm. to absorb some of those impacts and keep my body intact to an extent uh, but yeah i played football football is definitely my second second favorite sport um do you still up with me- it like, yeah, NFL guy, college guy, what are you? Uh, NFL primarily. Chiefs? Not su- yeah, Chiefs for okay. sure. Okay, so this is a good year for you. Yeah, dude, it was a great year. Patty Mahomes, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I played high uh, football all the way through, you know, from since I was fourth grade all the way through senior year of high school. So mm. that's what kind of held me back a little bit from the normal motocross career. Because a lot of kids, you know, start homeschooling, do all these amateur mm-hmm. nationals. Uh, before they go pro, I was primarily – like school came first to an extent and I obviously loved playing football. So we would mm-hmm. just do like Loretta's every year. We'd do that one amateur national. Um, and every, besides that it was, you know, school and playing football and whatnot. So 
Uh, that's definitely my second favorite sort. Like I said, nothing makes me happier than when fantasy football season rolls around and mm-hmm. I get fantasy with all my boys and whatnot. So yeah, definitely. Is there a uh, Supercross fantasy league? Yeah, yeah. So Pulp okay. Max has a full uh, uh, fantasy league that's full on. Uh, I think Rocky Mountain has one as well. Okay. And then there's uh, Moto Bookie, which is kind of like a betting situation. It's kind of like. Are we going to get like a Tommy Fam situation from this past year in Major League Baseball, where it just there's going to be a fight during a race, and your people are going to like, why are they? They didn't crash into each other. It's just over fantasy football. They're just. It comes out later that that's what it was—a bad trade that they were oh not a fan goodness. of, or something like that. I was not aware of that. Yeah, Tommy Pham, like there was awful. a Major League Baseball feud. I think it was Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham where they got into a fight and it, they're not on the same team and it was just because it was a fantasy football related uh, issue. Oh, boy. Yeah. They take it serious, man. Uh, fantasy football, it's it's a it's a religion. Well, there's a, a, big there's deal. a lot of like, at least at the top, wherever the people mm. in Vegas and playing whatnot, there's a lot of money that can go into that stuff. Yeah. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, when you're not racing... <clears throat> What are you doing? Wow, I just <clears throat> got something stuck in my throat. Sorry. Conde- um, I'm so sorry. That just like really caught me up. Uh, anyway, um, when you're not racing, what are you doing? Um, honestly, it goes, at least in Supercross season, it goes mm. back to primarily work. So mm. uh, obviously training, riding, and I do my own bike work. I don't have a mechanic or anything like that. So that absorbs a lot of time. Mm. Um, on top of that is going through, you know, keeping sponsors happy just PR work, um, discussing ideas with them, marketing strategies and whatnot, obviously finding helmet wraps and bike branding. So different companies that want to support us at select rounds or individual rounds, um, uh, Moran's mafia stuff. So that's obviously the whole Patreon system system Mm -hmm. I have that fans can support me. So keep it on top of all that stuff. Uh, social media for not only my stuff, but the Moran's mafia stuff. Like I could go on and on, you know, travel figuring out flights hotels there's so much that goes into it that nobody uh really understands and you're yeah. doing all of it yeah it's just it's a full-time gig but i i love it i love that's like why i have such a creative program is i truly do love the business side of things just mm. as much as i do the racing and riding side of things so it keeps a very happy medium going in my heart to keep me going and drive uh which is good. So we've had a lot of growth over the last couple of years, but it's because I, I truly enjoy both sides of it, which then obviously creates a kind of a perfect program. If you had to uh, look at just the rest of this season for you, what are your goals? What are you looking to still take care of the rest of the um, way here? So right now we are within the top 20 in points. There's mm-hmm. a very close battle between, you know, guys like Cade, Starling, uh, Cartwright, me, Chiz, um, Grant Harlan's pretty close up there too. So, it's going to be kind of a dogfight to try to get top 20 in points because mm. top 20 in points, I believe 20th gets a $10,000 bonus and then a thousand dollars added on top of that for every place down. So like 19th, we get $11,000. So there's a lot of us that are in that 18 to 23 range mm. that are very close. So goal for me is to try to end up top 10 or top 20 in points. Uh, try to make every main from this point on, obviously to end up top 20 in points. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, and then, yeah, man, it's just clicking off, trying to get another whole shot maybe and leading a little bit longer and just continuing to try to prove myself to hopefully get an opportunity on one of these factory rides. There you go. I love it. Uh, we'll wrap up with this. What can you plug? What can the good folks, I know we talked about uh, it a little bit with the Patreon and everything else, but how do people support you listening to this very program at this moment? Yes. KevinMorans.com is where you can find everything. I have to give a quick shout out to Tank Masters, Koi, Gree, 
champion canvas. There's a lot of great people that are a part of the program. However, if you want to join the program, kevinmorans.com, hit that join Moran's racing tab or Moran's mafia tab. Uh, you can join in as a patron, anything from $5 to I think $200 is our max tier. Certain tiers get you different benefits. We do giveaways, goggles, sign number plates, stuff like that. You can get your name on the bike, helmet wraps, all sorts of stuff. So everything's at kevinrands.com. So I appreciate, uh, you know, everybody tuning in. We do a vlog every single weekend as well. So go check it out on YouTube, uh, Instagram, morans.80. Other than that, grab some merch and, uh, yeah, support the program. Man, I thought I was busy and I'm out here grinding. And then you're just like, I just, I'm never going to be like, yeah, I work a lot. I, I work really hard. It's going to be like, no, it's not compared to Kevin. Like somehow Kevin is just like another level that I didn't know you could get to. Well, I appreciate that. Well, there you go, Kevin. Good luck the rest of the way. And I'd love to talk to you again soon. Indeed. Appreciate it. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing mm -hmm. your, um, pleasantness. You're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.